Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show here on Legends 810 and the Garden Wise Guys. I'm Jim Borland, one of the wise guys, and Keith Funk is the other wise guy sitting right next to me. Hey there. Good morning. Yes, indeed. We're going to do a garden show here this morning, and uh, it's a wonderful morning to do that. It's going to hit uh, 90s today in, in terms of temperature, so you may want to get out and garden now and, and, take your, and take your phone with you so you can listen to the show. There you go. Do you need an app for that when you go to phone? Or yes. Okay. Go out and buy an app. Do you go to the no, app it's store? A free app. <laughs> it's a free app. You don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> okay. Find out where you get free apps on your phone, <clears throat> and listen to us in in your in the garden while you're gardening, and then you can come up with questions, and then you can you can you can dial right in here three zero three four seven seven twenty four seventy three and talk with the garden wise guys. We are now doing our twenty seventh year, so it's not like we're new to this. <clears throat> But sometimes, some weeks it, it, it sounds like it. <laughs> Other weeks it feels like it. Well, but you know, if you, um, we are broadcasting on AM. We are. But we're also simulcasting on FM. 95.3 FM. Exactly. So if you have one of those radios that the FM just doesn't quite do it for you, go to the FM station. Yeah. Can you do that on your app? Uh, I don't think you need to worry about that on the app. Oh, <laughs> Okay. I don't know about these things. Well, you just basically what you do is you go on, uh, you go to the app store, or actually you just go online. Actually, yeah. you don't have to go to the app store. Just go online and type in eight ten the legend app. No, just eight oh. ten the legend. Okay. It'll come up and it'll tell you what to do. Oh, okay. It's, it'll be the first thing that pops up in the results, and it'll walk you right through the process of getting that on your phone, and then you can listen to it on your phone. You can do the same thing on your computer. Listen to it on your computer. So you don't have to worry about having an AM or <coughs> FM radio. It just listens. And then we, um, we also rebroadcast. Well, we don't do it. The station does. Uh, the whole show gets rebroadcast on Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. On keep, both stations. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and the computer. And the interweb machine thing. <laughs> Everywhere. Are you okay? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> it must be last you night's dinner or furball? something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, stand by. You need to stop licking yeah, your arms, man. We have we have nothing but carpets here. There's no hardwood floor, so stand by with the cleaning supplies. All right. Hey, over the past week, I don't know if anybody noticed this since it's been it was warm yesterday. It's going to be even warmer today. <clears throat> Our nighttime temperatures over the beginning of the last week were we're in the 40s. Low 40s at my house. It was it was kind of <clears throat> hippie around the yeah. nape of the neck. I mean, we're only a few degrees away from, from frost, which you can get at 38 degrees. Not in so, my house. <laughs> okay. So if you had, <clears throat> had peppers and tomatoes out in the garden, they don't like that 40 degrees. No, they don't. Or squash. Or squash. Squash hates that. <clears throat> yeah. So if, so you're, if, you're, um, if your squash is looking a bit peaked... As in yellowish. It's pouting. It's pouting. It wants warm soil. And uh, I had a, a friend talk to me about her squash the other day. And, and she said, it's been in the ground for two or three weeks now. And I said, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's way too early to put it in. Yeah. And, and then she had mulch, wood mulch oh, around yeah. it. Let's keep that soil <laughs> nice and keep that cold. soil nice and cold <laughs> and wet. So pull the mulch away from the plants. Get that sun down on there on the soil and get them warmed up. <clears throat> I'm not, that's what they want. Yeah, I've not, I've not tested the um, soil temperature. I'm just trying to think if I even have anything that I can use to test. Used to. You have, you have hands. I do, <clears throat> but they don't. <laughs> I can't read the dials on they my fingers. Feel, they feel warmth, though. Yeah, there we go. If it feels warm, it's fine. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. 
So, yeah, this is now. Now get out there. Get out there now and plant your tomatoes. Hey, I saw an interesting little factoid. What? Uh, Total U.S. production of produce in greenhouses Mm -hmm. in acres. In acres? In acres. 954 acres. Is that in, all? In green, I thought it'd be more than that. I thought it'd be way more than that. Yeah, and I suspect most of that's going to be hydroponic. Probably so, huh? Yeah, but they're probably not growing in soil. Maybe some are, but I think most of them are probably hydroponic. By the way, if you're growing in hydroponic, you can be classified as organic. <laughs> yes, big, big kerfuffle uh, sometime back. Between the you know <coughs> the dirt farmers yeah. and the and the hydroponic farmers. Well, doesn't that depend on what you use for pest control? I boy, you know, it depends on lots of things. I mean, they got the rules and regulations all over the place. I suppose you still have to fertilize then with organic fertilizers, which I always thought would be a pain. Well, yeah, I mean, nitrogen's not organic. Yeah, I, and <laughs> phosphorus isn't organic, and. Potassium's but they, not organic. But they do have organic liquid fertilizers. Yes, they do. Typically made from seaweed a lot of times. Yeah, or I, from compost I, tea. I don't, think I'd, I don't think I'd want to mess with that. <coughs> anyway, uh, the, 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 the dirt farmers are <clears throat> now raising ire again. Oh, and uh, it'll probably end up in court. Probably federal court. So if your organic produce uh, <clears throat> in your in your in your um, grocery store could be raised hydroponically, I I that's just wrong. I'm a better living <laughs> through chemistry kind of guy. <laughs> that's just wrong. All right. Yeah, well, right. why don't we go out to the phone? Okay, and see what Pat is up to out in Arvada. Good morning, Pat. Hi. Um, I was wondering, <clears throat> and I've wondered this for a while. Um, when you buy, like, a new hydrangea and you're planting it, how long uh, before you can actually fertilize? Oh, you can fertilize from day one if you want to. They're not already fertilized pretty well that you would have to wait? <coughs> Probably not. I mean, uh, I'm sure the grower fertilized them, but the growers usually use a fairly short-lived fertilizer they apply on a regular basis. So, um, you know, the, the lifespan is probably not more than a couple of weeks. Yeah, my and as, needed, so. as frequently as those potted plants get watered, the, the fertilizer <coughs> content of the soil <coughs> drops dramatically once it leaves the grower. Okay, and that, that would be true of cone flowers or anything. Yeah, right? well, I would think so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now, when you think about it, the, the growers are, <clears throat> their, their aim is to grow that plant up to be saleable. And the ultimate aim is to sell it the next day. And then never think about it again. Never, they don't care what happens six months down the road. That's right. And they're using typically using uh, <coughs> fertilizers that are injected through the irrigation system, and uh, and and those are those are short-lived type fertilizers. Okay. So um, now with the hydrangeas, and and I believe it's been said to uh, fertilize every month. Um, that's a little much, isn't it? No, they are. They're very hungry plants. They're like roses. I don't know that you can overfeed. Well, I shouldn't say that. No, don't somebody's going to try. <laughs> uh, but no, that I I would recommend fertilizing at least once a month. If you're using a granular, that's fine. If you're using a water soluble, I'd probably uh, fertilize every couple weeks. Okay, this would be um, like flower tone or. Oh, that yeah, that espoma. Right. Uh-huh, the granular material. Yeah, once a month is going to be adequate, but, you know, definitely keep up with it because it takes a lot of energy for those things to put on those huge flowers. Okay, I can, I can do that. Now, I have some seed in my, um, actually promised to someone who apparently, I don't know, doesn't want it or whatever, um, but if I was to move that sedum and it's actually pretty sizable, is that going to be a problem? What kind of sedum is it? It's the one with the big red. Oh, the uh, autumn joy type yeah, sedum. Autumn joy. That's okay. What it is, yeah. No, you take a big soil ball, and you should you should be fine. Okay, I will. Do now, that. if you don't take a big enough one, uh, it's going to sit there and pout, and may not do perform real well this year. <coughs> but it'll be fine next year, years after. What I usually do, because I've moved those several times, I'm I'm never really satisfied with where I put them, <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, 
I, I'll, I'll take a, like a, a patio chair or something like that and, and set it over the top of the plant for a few days to keep it in the shade after I plant it. What I do a lot of times with my planting, which I've found 100% uh, helpful, is I have that old doily curtain material. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not, I mean, it's just perfect for doing that, for shading something off. It lets the light in. Yeah, yeah, yep. that'll work well. Mm-hmm. And throw it over the stakes. I have a whole bunch of that that I use, and it works really well. It sure does. And, that, and that's, a, that's a trick that anybody can use when transplanting perennials this time of year, as far as, far as digging them up and moving them. <clears throat> it's not so important when you're planting something from a container, but when you're digging something up and disturbing the root system, if you can... Supply some shade for a few days, uh, especially if they're out in the sun. That really helps the plant get through that transplant shock pretty quickly. Right, right. Okay, well, I guess I'll let other callers on, but thank you for the information. You bet. Thanks for calling, Pat. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. We lost an inch of moisture. Just an inch? Yeah, over the past week, at least at Denver Denver International Airport. That's way out there on the plains. I didn't calculate it for other. I guess they're all airports that they're doing this at, <clears throat> and I and I and I could I guess report on all of those, but that would be a little redundant. I usually look at the Centennial one because <clears throat> it's almost within view of us right Practically, here. Practically, yeah, yeah. So um, I I picked up. Oh, by the way, I picked up some new varieties that I didn't have. Uh, Bactesia. Uh, oh, Bactesia. Bactesia. Yeah, yeah, uh, false indigo. Yep. A pink one. Yep. I'd never seen a pink one. And it's a two-tone pink, a cool. light and a dark, and oh. the same flower. <clears throat> cool. Really cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I think I have six varieties of, six different varieties. <laughs> different varieties. <laughs> of, of Baptisia now. I'm, I'm making a collection. There's a lot of them now. Are there really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots. New, new ones come out every year now. <laughs> My old one in the front yard, my oldest one, is in full bloom right now. It's four feet tall and four feet across. Cool. It's a shrub. Yeah, it is. They get to be big. Already. You know, <coughs> I mean, it's just the first part of June, yeah. and that thing is already that big. It's amazing how fast they grow. So if you want a very durable perennial that puts on a show that you just, your neighbors will stop and knock on the door. Look at Baptisia. It's also called false indigo. And if your neighbor should be you seen walking by with a shovel, yeah. you might want to get out there. Yeah, because it's not going <laughs> to be able to dig it up. <laughs> Those things, once they root in, they're there. And they're there for a long time. It's a yeah. long-lived perennial. Very long-lived perennial. And, and typically they look kind of, I'm not going to say puny, but they're not the best-looking plant in a container. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to realize that you're buying it for its potential. And I think that holds true for pretty much any perennial, is you're buying it for the potential yeah. down the road. And, and my grandpa always used to say, well, when you put something like that in the ground, the first year it sleeps, the second year it creeps, and the third year it leaps. And that's, that's kind of true. But the third year is when perennials really show their true potential. Oh, they can get them in bigger containers in full bloom already. Well, that's true, too. You're going to pay more for it. You are, but they're still not going to be as nice as a, an established plant, I don't think. But you're right. They are pretty. Another, another interesting plant, pretty plant, in, in my yard that bloomed over the past week. We're going into week two here in full bloom. This hasn't happened before. Is the uh, <clears throat> what I used to call, and what a lot of people used to call, the Denver Rose. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the Rosa Fetida bicolor. Um, in glorious mine, anyway, glorious orange bloom. Now really they call pretty. it Austrian copper, right? Or is that something different? <clears throat> I, th- I think they do call it that as well. Yeah. Yes. But a very pretty, and if you're lucky, you get a bush that has both orange and pure yellow blossoms on it at the same time on different branches. Yep. And there's, there's another one that's, a, that's associated with Denver that's yellow. Father something or other, right? What is it? Father Hugo? No. Father Hugo? No, that's pink. Oh, okay. Anyway, if we want to take a look at it and you want to say cheaper, I don't know what that is, look at our Facebook page. There's a a picture of one. Actually, it's the the opening picture. 
What's the name Ooh. for that? Yeah. Very pretty. Very nice. And I also have a picture there and, and the Facebook of um, somebody's yard. Front yard is no grass. It's all Veronica. Oh, that, that was full pretty. Yeah, bloom. Definitely. <clears throat> it's a blue ground cover. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. Just stunning. You know, it must have paid $1,000 to get those plants. <laughs> it, there's a large number of square feet yeah, that's covering really it. Yeah. Oh, another plant that's looking particularly good this year is iris. The tall-bearded iris. I mean, they're about two weeks <clears throat> late this year. Yeah. But, boy, has it been worth the wait. I don't know that mine have ever looked as good as they look this year. Tall, stately, mm-hmm. big flowers. Just so impressive. And be sure to smell the various colors, or various, yeah, very colors yeah. of flowers. They all have seemingly distinctly different smells. If, if any at all. Some don't yeah, have Yeah, some don't have anything. much of anything at all. But do, you others. Ha- do you have that, that pale blue, old-fashioned one that smells like yes, grape Kool-Aid? we do. I would like a piece of that. Okay, I'll make Someday. a note. I, I'm pretty sure the, the one we have is old fat. It, it smells like grapes. That's the one I want. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the reason I brought up Iris, other than the fact that they're stunning in my yard right now, is uh, Iris for you is open for you to go check them out. Their Iris have finally started blooming. And if you <coughs> want to see literally acres of Iris in bloom, the, f- the, s- the fragrance will knock you over. Yep. You can buy them too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, not on. Not while you. I mean, it's not one of those places where you go and you and you dig them up like you know Long's mm-hmm. Iris Garden and Boulder mm-hmm. used to be, or maybe they still are. Where you could go, they'd have a field in one area that were unlabeled varieties, and and you yeah, find yeah. the one you like, and you, they'd give you a shovel and you could go dig it up. Um, that's not the way Bob works at at Iris for you, but you have to pre-order, and then he'll ship them to you in July at the proper digging and planting time okay that's the way he works but boy is it wonderful to walk through that place and you can see all the varieties and and they're all his hybrids that he's created over the years and then you can also see his seedling field where all of his new hybrids are just starting to bloom for the first time and then he starts (coughs) roguing out the ones he doesn't like it's just amazing. It's those an amazing I, process. I suppose he throws away. Yes. <clears throat> I suggested that he sell them. Yeah. You know, just pot them up and sell them to garden centers. Mm-hmm. People don't, don't care what the variety is for the most part. I mean, the average gardener. I don't have yeah. a single label on any of mine, <laughs> and I, I paid good money for some of the varieties, but yeah. I don't really care what they're called. And uh, I, I suspect that a lot of people are the same way, but... He won't do it. He's just, nope, I don't want my stuff out there that's not perfect. So, anyway, look for Iris. Okay. Iris for you. You can Google it. And uh, they're in West Denver. It is worth the drive. And it's only open for a few weeks while the Iris are in bloom. And then he closes up shop for the rest of the year. Because he's mostly to a the breed. public. He's mostly a breeder. He's mostly a breeder, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then online, online sales. Is where he really works, but uh, boy, howdy, he's got some plants that. Well, number one, I can't afford, but uh, num- <laughs> number two, <laughs> so, some of the new ones when they come out are really expensive. They are really expensive. I remember when Batik came out. Yeah, yeah, that was really expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's a dime a dozen. Exactly, that's so, the way it works. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see, where are we at? We're at 719. So why don't we go ahead and take our first break of the hour. We'll come back and talk to Janice in Denver about her tree and shrub question. And when we come back, right here on Legends 810. Unwanted and unsightly suckers driving you up a tree? Are you tired of cutting and pulling the little suckers? Spray them with Sucker Stopper. Sucker Stopper works, and it works now. Spray Sucker Stopper on those suckers that grow from roots and pruning cuts, and those suckers are history. Sucker Stopper's ready-to-spray formulation stops sucker growth on trees and woody ornamental plants. Ask for Sucker Stopper at your local garden supply store. Products that work from Monterey Lawn and Garden. 
Time for Ask the Bonide Guy with answers to what's bugging you. Let's go to Dave on line one. Oh, hey, so I'm really big into next-generation technology. Uh-huh. I've got a next-gen TV. I've got a next-gen lawnmower. Cool. Yeah, so now I've got next-gen weeds popping up in my garden. Uh, what do you recommend? Hmm, how about something next-gen? Oh, really? I'm all ears. Bonide Cleanup HE is the next-gen way to kill unwanted weeds, grasses, and brush in hours with just one application. Whoa, okay. So what's with the HE? Oh, it's a new high-efficiency formula, kind of like the laundry detergent. With Cleanup HE, one gallon treats up to 1,000 square feet. That's like three times more than what you're using now. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, and Cleanup HE is great for outdoor patios, walkways, driveways, and round flower beds and gardens. Just spray and watch those weeds disappear. Now that's smart technology. Thanks, Bonide guy. Get next-gen weed control with new Cleanup HE from Bonide. Trusted since 1926. Visit your local hardware store or garden center today or learn more online at bonide.com. Rain or shine, stop by Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden to check out the great selection of annuals and perennials in stock. Trucks arrive almost daily with flowers, ornamental grasses, and shrubs. It is not too late to start some of the warm season veggies from seed, cucumbers, beans, squash, also some of the root crops such as carrots and beets. The leafy veggies are fine if provided with shade. As always, Jared's has a great gift store and some fun garden art. Lots of dragons this year, as well as many other unusual items. Stop in and check them out. Pots include several styles of aqua pots, the new stylish ceramic self-watering pots you see advertised everywhere. These pots, developed by proven winners, are not only stylish, but they reduce water usage and make it much easier to keep the plants happy and healthy. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Hours are 9 to 6 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. Hope to see you soon. Now that the weather is starting to warm up, you'll want to protect your ornamental and vegetable garden from various beetles, weevils, and borers, including Japanese beetles. And what better way to prevent these pests from destroying your garden than by controlling them when they're larvae? GrubGone is an easy-to-apply granule product that can be spread on your turf to successfully control grub invaders. Developed by Phylum Bioproducts from a naturally occurring bacteria, GrubGone is a non-chemical BT product that specifically targets only certain scarab pests. And it is safe to use around bees and other beneficial insects. And it's a non-chemical choice for areas frequented by kids or pets. Yes, and if you already have beetles flying around your yard, BeetleGone is an organic water dispersal powder that can be sprayed directly on your edible plants. And did I mention, it is certified for organic gardening. Find out more at phylumbioproducts.com. Phylum Bioproducts. Target the pest, not the rest. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. And we are back here on Legends 810, the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guy, celebrating a number of things today, number one of which is Apple II Day. Now, is that, is, is that, is that a computer thing, Apple II? Is, that a, is it the number two or T-O-O? Well, uh, no, this is the, the numeral, Roman numeral two. Oh. So I, I don't know what that refers to. Someone look that up and, and give us a call. <laughs> I, I really know. It's also Turtle Races Day. So if you've got a turtle, you may want to race him. Find somebody else that's got a turtle. But not in the street. Them. No, not in the No, no, you're not. In fact, there's a law. You can't race turtles in the street. Good. <laughs> Too many speed bumps. <laughs> oh, bad. Very bad. All right, enough of that. We got a follower. A follower. We have a caller. Yeah, why don't you give out the phone number one more time? <clears throat> All right, here we go. 303. 303- Four seven seven, twenty four seventy three, and we're going to go talk to Janice about her trees and shrubs. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. Um, oh, quite a while back, um, you had talked about tree and shrub drench. Uh huh. And last fall, we put it on our Siberian elm because last year our Siberian elm just 
got trashed by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And then we put it on again <clears throat> several weeks ago, and I'm noticing that there's um, there's some holes in the leaves, and I don't know exactly how it's supposed to work. I, we see beetles on there. They, they look like they're chewing, and then they look like they stop. <laughs> yes, and so that's how exactly that how it's supposed to work. Is it, it stops the beetles from feeding and laying eggs. It's the larvae, uh, the baby beetles, that do the most damage. Okay. And so what you're wanting to do is to prevent them from laying eggs on your tree and totally skeletonizing all the leaves. Yeah, that's what happened last year. Now, I have noticed on some of the leaves there are um, some eggs on the underneath side. I don't know how many because the tree's huge. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but so do they do they munch on the leaves and then decide they don't taste very good and then stop? Well, the, the adults do, and then the, if they do lay eggs, as the eggs hatch out and start feeding on the leaves, the, they're small enough. The 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 new larvae are small enough that even a tiny dose of what's in those leaves will kill them. Okay, good. Now, I'm as long as you put down the appropriate amount on the tree. Well, we measured okay, good. the tree and did what the bottle said, and okay. we did it last fall, and we did it about three weeks ago. Okay. So h- how often are you supposed to do that? Once, once a year should be suffice. Okay. Yeah, and I, for a large tree, I usually recommend in the fall. So then it has plenty of time to get from ground level all the way to the tippy top of the tree before those bugs show up. Well, that's what we did, but then we decided to go ahead and do it again. Well, it's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. And then I have a question about, um, is it crocosmia? Is that how you say it? Crocosmia, yeah. Okay. Um, I planted my bulbs about six weeks ago, and I'm not <clears throat> seeing one sign of them yet. Hmm. That's concerning. I know. I think, <laughs> well, if it was me, I'd, <laughs> I'd be digging down and finding out yeah, what's that's, going that's on. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, okay. to see if the bulbs are still alive, if they if they rotted or something. Because we had a really wet spring. Yeah, but wouldn't I just planted them about six weeks ago? So wouldn't you? No, six weeks ago that yeah, we we've had several inches of rain in six weeks. So yeah. is that too much for them? It it's hard to say. I mean, I find crocosmia to be fairly unpredictable. Um, I had a big patch of it in one spot in my yard that had been coming back for the last five, six years. Not a sign of it this year, but other pa- places in the yard, they're doing just fine. So, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with them, but... Uh, and I, I planted the Lucifer. Yes, that's the one. Was a real hardy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and do they <clears throat> flower the first year that they're planted? Yeah, they should. Yep. Okay. Hmm. I planted Crocosmia from a big box store purchase last year, and I didn't see a one. And so I got these from Tagawa and thought, okay, I'm going to... Yeah, go ahead and go ahead. Don't, <clears throat> don't be fearful about digging them up and see what's going on. Yeah, I did mark where each of them were planted, so I can. I can. Okay, well, that's what I wanted to find out. And I liked your analogy that your grandfather said about... Oh, yeah. Well, say it again. I want to write that down. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, the, the first year they sleep, which means basically that they, they don't do much. Yeah. Uh, perennials. I'm talking about perennials, but this could yeah. actually apply to shrubs and trees as well. Um, the first year they sleep, the second year they creep, and the third year they leap. That's, that would go for, um, oh, I'm looking at them and I can't even think of what they're called. Oh, my goodness, the big shrub begins with a, a P, uh, peonies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, that, uh, definitely for that peonies. Definitely yeah. Would, yeah. would label that on a peony. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I thank you, and I certainly do enjoy <laughs> listening to you. You make my weekend. All right. Awesome. Well, thank thanks you, for ma'am. listening. Thanks. Um, bye-bye. Bye. I tell you what, I bought some Crocosmia bulbs this year. Rather than buy them in pots, I bought the bulbs. And instead of planting them direct in the ground, I planted mine in pots. Mm -hmm. And that way I can keep track of them. And once they're up and growing and and well-rooted and I've got some foliage above ground, then I'll 
plant them in their permanent location. Not knowing really what permanent means with those things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> she mentioned, uh, and we talked about a little bit about maybe they rotted in the ground because we've got, received some rain. We got at least we got an over an inch of rain uh, during the past week. Yeah, and <clears throat> the, it's not so much the rain itself; it's the rain combined with cold soil. Oh, that doesn't help. That makes a difference, and uh, some plants just can't <clears throat> handle that and go bye bye. And speaking of moisture, the state water equivalent, uh, that is how it compares with uh, former years, <clears throat> we're at 72% of average statewide. What about the Platte River South Valley? South Platte River, which is about the northeastern quarter of the state, 164% of average. Woohoo! We are no longer we're overachievers. Charge. We are indeed. Yeah, though on, on the west, co- west coast, west slope, <laughs> They're hurting. Yeah. And it's going to be up in the high 90s today in Grand Junction. Ooh, baby. Yeah, they're warmer over there than we are. They, hey, no. speaking of warmer, <clears throat> this is the time of year now. The uh, The starting gun has sounded. Get out there and plant. Plant tomatoes. Plant all your warm season crops, corn and beans and all those good things. Yeah, put it all in. Pumpkins. Everything goes in today. Squash, cucumbers. Yep. You can direct seed it. You can plant it from plant transplants, whatever you want to do, but get it done. get her done. Yeah, this day and age, you can go to a <clears throat> garden center typically, and you would find all vegetables in a container. Yes, you can. Something you can transplant, or just leave them in a container and grow them there. If it has, if it's squash, anything in the squash family, which would include cantaloupe and watermelons and <clears throat> cucumbers, that sort of thing. If you, and you buy them as plants, don't try to separate them into no, individual don't. plants. No, They don't. hate that. Absolutely hate it. So if you buy a pot full, you know, like a three-inch pot of cucumbers <clears throat> and there's ten plants in there, cut eight of them out. And just plant the pot and have two plants in that spot. It'll be enough for you. Yeah, Trust well, me. plus you don't want all that competition. You have that many plants growing in a small space like that. None of them will do well. So you might as well just... And don't pull them out because it's going to disturb the roots of the ones that you're going to leave. Cut them off at ground level with a scissors or something. Yeah. There used to be a time, and in, in certainly, <clears throat> Keith, in our experience, there were a number of vegetables you could not find in, in uh, little containers. Who in the world would have ever, ever thought that you can buy corn in a small container? Or beans. Or beans or peas. All right. Or even the squashes. And you can buy carrots <coughs> started. Kohlrabi. <laughs> no. Kohlrabi already with with a swollen, you know. No. I would not plant those. <coughs> I would find something that is younger than that. Well, and the reason that we're saying, you know, back in the day when we were kids, <coughs> you didn't find that stuff is because it was all direct seeded in the ground. And nobody ever thought that somebody would pay money to buy plants of something that was that easy to grow from seed in the <laughs> I ground. Know, I know. But not everybody has that patience and not everybody has that confidence. And you have to think more like when you're a grower, when you're growing crops to sell, you have to think more along the lines of your consumer, not what your experience level is, but what the consumer's experience yeah, level the, is. These are money makers for garden centers. Oh, big time. I mean, come on. Beans, corn, peas. You plant them, and, and over the weekend and Monday, they're ready to go. Well, I know. My my beans are already up, and I planted them five days ago out, yep. in, out in the garden. Yep. My radishes are up in about five days. They're very easy to do from seed direct in the garden. You don't need to buy transplants. But having said that, if you're not confident in growing things from seed, or you just want a few because you buy... <laughs> You buy a packet of seed, you've got 700 seed in there. You <laughs> I know. know. <laughs> uh, who needs 700 radishes? Um, if you only need a few plants, then maybe transplants are the way to go. Buy what you need and don't waste the rest, I guess. Really? So whatever you do, plant from seed or plant little plants, be sure to make sure they stay watered initially. Mm-hmm. Probably every day, a little bit of water. Certainly with seed. With certain plants, if you let them go too dry and they wilt way down, sometimes they never recover from no. that. <clears throat> no, no, no. And we see that often. They try to people try to bring them back, and they just <clears throat> they just they just 
They're permanently stunted. Yeah, they just don't ever perform. Yeah, I picked my first peas the other day. They were tasty. They never made it to the house. (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of radishes like that. They never made it to the house either. (laughs) And I've been been, uh, harvesting spinach, which is infested, by the way, with leaf miner. So it never makes it to the house either because my wife would throw a fit. I'm not eating that. It's got <laughs> bug eggs on it. Yeah, close your eyes. Well, I just just kind of brush them off. Yeah, I brush them off and then you know wash them and yeah. you're good to go. Yeah. But boy, is it tasty. It is. I've been putting them on everything. <laughs> bug eggs. <laughs> yeah, bug eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm growing. I'm growing romaine lettuce for the first time in oh, my really? life. Huh. I've never grown romaine. And boy, is it a pretty plant to grow. Yeah, it is. It is a pretty plant. Yeah. Really pretty. So are some of, not all, but some of the lettuces. Well, I guess they're all pretty, but some are more, more prettier than others. I'm growing it amongst my broccoli, figuring that I'll be harvesting the romaine lettuce at some point before the broccoli gets really big. We'll see what happens. Okay. Before the aphids hit. Aphids? <laughs> On both of them, by the way. What are you talking about? <laughs> we don't get no aphids in <clears throat> Centennial. No aphids here. No. Hey, give us a call, 303-477-2473. Right now we have empty lines. We do. Ready to take all of your calls. So if you want to call twice at the same time, <laughs> you got two different phones. Go ahead. I dare you. They're not, they're not doing it. Well, we got to give them time. Got to give right. them a little bit of time. Anyway. What else is going on in your yard? Well, uh, you I, said you had a janista in bloom. That you I do have a janista. Is it a janista or a cytisus? I don't know which one it is. I think it's a janista, okay, you, janista. what you described it. Well, we talked earlier about we both have uh, this one called Lydia. Oh, oh Lydia. Love oh, that. Lydia. There's a song by that name. Uh, it's a, I would call it a ground cover. Mm-hmm. And then it just almost overnight turns to gold. It's like a yellow blanket. Yep. Just it's a an beauty. undulating yellow blanket in the yard. Yeah, it's, it's a beauty. Gorgeous. And I have one that's uh, more globe. Looks like a little globe. A little bit bigger than a bowling ball globe out there. And it's just it's just yellow. There's no green. It's just yellow. What did you say that one was? You think? Well, I, I, it might be. Now that you're saying it's more of a bowling ball shape. Yeah. Might not be. I thought it was Janista pilosa. But that's, that Janista pilosa is really flat to the ground. Oh, no, this is not that. Not at all. Okay. No. Because I just bought the pilosa again this year. I lost it last year because I planted it too close to the sidewalk where the dogs pee as Uh-oh. the neighbors walk their dog. So I'm going to have to plant it farther away from that area. I can tell you what else is going on in my yard. <clears throat> um, Rosa Sharon. A lot of dieback. Yeah, I've seen that all over town. A lot of dieback. I'm. I started pruning. I think. Well, maybe I should wait another week or two to just see how much of this comes back. But even if it starts coming back, it co- it's going to come back weakly, in the in the taller stems. So I think I'm just going to cut those out too. Mm. Uh, burning bush, another one. Took it in the shorts this last year. Yeah, bunch mature, of mature established plants. I know. Totally croaked. And blue mist spirea, I've never seen so yeah. much damage on yeah. those. Yep. And it's all because of the weather. Coming at the yeah, wrong got time. A, got a lot. Of, uh, I have a trifoliate. No. Triflowered. Acer triflorum. Mm. That uh, a lot of dead branches up in there. Hmm. I don't know why. Well, it's got to be the weather. But And the other branches right beside it are just fine. Yeah. And doing under, and an Evodia, my Evodia tree. What? You yeah, have my Evodia, Evodia tree is no like way. half dead. So I, I'm I didn't know you I, had one. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm just going to take it out. It gets too much die back every other winter. Mm. Yeah, why mess with it? Now, my Hercules. Hercules Club. Hercules Club Aurelia yeah. Yeah. that you gave me. Yeah. By the way, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're I welcome. love the plant. Yeah, you're I hate its I hate behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I hate its behavior. I know. <laughs> it suckers <clears throat> everywhere. Yeah, it does. It does. And Mine died got, back last year, died to the ground. 
Yeah, I've had that happen too. Yeah, now but it's they, like four feet tall or more. Exactly, they grow fast yeah. and they're very tropical looking. Yeah, they are. But they're covered, covered. I'm telling you, in these long thorns. <laughs> there isn't. I mean, that, under the leaves. Yes, underneath the, each leaf. Yes, it's covered in thorns. Yes. So it's one of those plants you plant along a property line where you don't want the neighbor's dog or children coming through. Yeah. Oh boy. They'll try it once. Yeah. <laughs> And they'll never do it again. But it also suckers. And uh, so I was out there the other day digging them up and uh, getting rid of them. I planted some of them. I potted some of them up. They don't transplant well, I'm finding. No. But uh, I, I promised Paniote that I'd, I'd get a pot established for him. Um, he wants <clears throat> some, but Jan doesn't. I, I, <laughs> if, if you have plants like that and you want to transplant, you want to dig them up and, and give them to somebody else. I would first, in the springtime, take your shovel out and uh, and cut the, the, would be the rhizome, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you can tell where it is. You can't see it, but you can tell where it is. Where that plant is and where the mother plant is, it's going to be a straight right line. in line, straight yeah. line. So just shove your shovel and then leave the plant alone. Well, see, I'm more spontaneous than that. If I decide decide I'm going to take care of this chore, it's (laughs) going to get done. Okay. All right. Be that way. I know. I know. What can I say? We better take a break. All right. Let's go back and talk to Arlene and Carol. Let's take a break so we can talk to more people out there. And by the way, more people can call in. 303-477-2473 right here on Legends A10. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60-degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. The only hard part about gardening in June is deciding what to plant. But boy, oh boy, does Tagawa Gardens have some great ideas for you. This is Luann Aiken, Tagawa's Garden Ambassador. Did you know that June is both National Perennial Garden Month and National Rose Month? Let's start with roses. Tagawa Gardens has always had a rose in our logo because it's one of the things we do best. We're known for our roses, and there are still many to choose from. June is also a great time to start or expand your perennial garden. Growing perennials is like planting it forward for a beautiful garden that gets better each season. Visit our nursery department for excellent ideas on trees and shrubs to create your own private backyard oasis. And our veggie department is still brimming with tomatoes, peppers, healthy greens, and so much more to create your own fresh food harvest. It's June, and the garden is calling. Come see us at Tagawa's. We are your garden store and so much more. Ah, spring planting time is finally here and Nick's Garden Center is ready with an unbelievable selection of top quality plant material and garden accessories. Whether it's a new landscape project you're starting or just sprucing up the yard, Nick's Garden Center is a must-see. Our 10-acre garden center and landscape center is filled with trees, shrubs, perennials, annuals, herbs, roses, hanging baskets, soils, mulches, statues, fountains, pottery, garden decor, pavers, sod and water garden supplies we at nick's garden center will help you create the beautiful outdoor living environment you've dreamed of our friendly and knowledgeable staff is always ready to assist you for all your landscaping and gardening needs visit nick's garden center celebrating our 34th year located two blocks north of Iliff on chambers road in aurora and also visit us at nicksgardencenter.com Planting and growing a vegetable garden can be so relaxing. 
Plus, the fruit of your labors are the best-tasting produce you can grow. Juicy tomatoes, zesty peppers, crispy lettuce, and so much more. So I talk to the experts at my neighborhood garden center to make sure I get the best results for my efforts. They told me that the biggest mistake most gardeners make in the garden is not fertilizing throughout the growing season, starting on day one. Luckily, Fertilome has an easy answer with a great product to keep your tomato and vegetable plants thriving all season long. Fertilome Tomato and Vegetable Food. This professional strength plant food is specially formulated for better growth, better flavor, and larger harvests. Available in an easy-to-apply, slow-release pellet and feeds for 30 days. This year, my tomatoes and vegetables are going to thrive with the help of Fertilome Tomato and Vegetable Food. Visit with your local independent garden expert and discover a treasure trove of quality Fertilome products for your home and garden. You'll find Fertilome Tomato and Vegetable Food and other Fertilome products at your favorite local independent garden center, including the Tree Farm in Longmont, Hector's Garden Center in Arveda, Jared's Nursery in Littleton, Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse in Lafayette, and tell them the Garden Wise Guy sent you. All right, we're back on the air taking your garden questions here on Legends 810, and uh, we have three people that have done just that. All right, let's go see. Uh, let's go say hello to Arlene in Morrison. Good morning, Arlene. Good morning, guys. How are you this morning? Fantabulous. What's going on with you? Well, we, we, my husband and I were sitting here having breakfast, and we heard you talking about irises, and he said we got a call on ours because last year we didn't get flowers, and this year we didn't get flowers, and yet the storks are big and healthy and green and. We don't know why we're not getting flowers. My neighbor is getting flowers on hers across the way, but ours isn't. And how much sun are yours getting? Well, right now it's all full of sun. It gets the morning sun, and then the sun goes around in the afternoon, and then it gets the afternoon sun as well. Oh, I'll be darned. And how long has it been since you lifted them and replanted them? Never. Ah! Ah! Uh-huh. Yes, and we always got flowers, so I don't know. And I don't know how to do that, actually. So is that something I'm going to need to do? Yeah, with Iris, it's a good idea about every four years or so to um, lift the old plants, divide them, discard the old material, and just keep the young, fresh stuff at the ends of the rhizomes and then replant those and refresh the soil when you plant. Um and they need they need a good six to eight hours of direct sun a day, so make sure that they're getting plenty of sun. Okay. Uh, but this is best done in July. Okay. And what do you, because I know the roots, well, some of them I see up at the top of the ground. Yes. Yes, that's they're where real, they want to be. Oh, okay. And they're real thick. I mean, how yeah. do you dig those out? How, what do I do? With a, with a digging fork mm-hmm. or a big <laughs> shovel. You just pry them out of the ground. Like, in other words, weed them out, like? Well, I don't know what... what. Well, like, you know, don't make them so close together or something? Yeah, I would dig up the entire clump. Oh, okay. The whole thing. Oh, wow. Don't leave anything left in the ground. Okay. And then, then you, you shake off all the dirt. You bare root them completely. Okay. And then on the ends of the rhizomes, those thick stems that are at the ground level there, at the ends are where all the healthy leaves are. Oh, okay. And then you'll find, you know, r- old rhizomes that trail back from there. And you can just break off those healthy ones oh. and, and replant them. I, I usually cut the foliage back to about eight inches tall. Okay. And, and then replant them. And then that rhizome, the top of that rhizome needs to be right at the surface of the soil so that it, you can see it. Okay. All right. I was kind of covering that with more dirt. No, no, do not do that. That'll stop them from blooming, by the way. Yeah, they don't like that at all. Oh, dear. Well, I guess I did the wrong thing, huh? We heard you talking about them this morning, and we figured, well, it's a perfect day to call you on it. And I just have one more question on, um, real quick, um, aloe vera. What, What causes the leaves to pinch? It looks like somebody pinched the ends a little bit. Mm, possibly have gotten a little bit too dry. Well, I don't know. They, they, I mean, the rest is all real thick and stuff. Mm-hmm. It just looks like somebody goes along and just 
and they don't, you know, it's just... Are you uh, fertilizing at all? Uh, yeah, I do. Well, I give them plant food, uh, the, yeah. uh, but nothing else, so I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking it might be uh, just going too dry in between waterings. It's okay. it's tempting to let them, you know, because they're a succulent, it's tempting to let them get really dry between waterings because you think that's what they're supposed to do. But aloe vera doesn't like that. They, well, you know, the, the dirt, you know, I have it in that cactus soil. Mm-hmm. And, and like the, the um, <clears throat> when I give it a lot of water, it seems like the, uh, the top of the soil, those things kind of get like waterlogged or, or rotted. That's why I figured, well, maybe it's getting too much water. Does it have a drainage hole in the pot? Yes, it does. Okay, well, so that extra water should drain right through. Mm. Well, I don't know. And uh, that shouldn't be in the full sun, just bright light, correct? Yeah, very bright light, yes. Yeah. All right, well, I'll see what I can do on The, the other thing, too, is when you do water, and I'm sure you probably have this, this plant in a pot, and then the pot sits in a saucer. Yeah. Uh, don't let that water sit in that saucer. Okay. After you water. Okay. All right, because I have them outside now, um, and it got that rainwater. Mm-hmm. And then the rainwater was in that saucer. Yeah, that's going to stay there probably now too long. And have, have they been out all past week? Yes. Yeah, now that you, they've been subjected then to some pretty cold temperatures. Oh, okay. And that's, that's okay, but it's not the best growing condition. And if combine that with uh, water sitting in the saucer... Uh, that's that's a bad deal. And you know they're so big and heavy that they're not like standing up straight. They're oh no, they they're floppers. Oh, so that's yeah. normal. That's yeah. normal. All right, well that'll help, and I'll work on that. And I appreciate you guys' help. I listen to you guys every Saturday morning, and I listen and get some tips on everything. All right. Well, All right, we thank appreciate you, Arlene. That. Appreciate you All listening. All right. <clears throat> thank you. Bye bye. All right. Hey, I just got a text message from. From our friend at Tagawa's, Luann Aiken. And she said that uh, she just found out at Tagawa's that all, in capital letters, A-L-L, all veggies in stock at Tagawa's are now on sale at 50% off while supplies last. And she says these are definitely not leftovers. Lots and lots of varieties, strong plants, including the very (coughs) big tomatoes in the very big pots. So that's that's a pretty good sale going on right I now. I would think, think so. I think it's a little early myself, but hey, you <laughs> okay. know, people, this is the time to plant. So get out yeah. there and get some fifty percent off veggies at Tagawa's. Yeah. yeah, I I was out there I guess two weeks ago, and golly, they had lots of tomatoes and peppers and you oh my name gosh. it. I bought uh, five six varieties of tomatoes. My goodness, I can't eat that many. Well, I'm hoping that I can't either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we shall have, see. You're going to have to make a lot of pizza. Is that it? Or marinara mar, mar sauce. <laughs> yeah, no. What, what do we use it for? I, I, I did some tomatoes. slicers. I did some slicers. I, wanna, I want to make a caprese salad. Okay. With, with buffalo mozzarella cheese and um, basil leaves and some balsamic vinegar. You're not Italian. I know, but I can eat Italian. Okay. You and, think and I do. You think we're going to have a summer for slicers? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> now you don't knows? know. Uh, this is the first year I've ever tried growing <clears throat> tomatoes in that uh, method they call cordon tomatoes, where you only allow one stem. Okay. And you break off all the side shoots. Mm-hmm. And so I've got these square tomato cages that are well over six feet tall. And I'm, I planted a tomato at each corner, and I'm growing... One stem up each corner. And so I've got four varieties on one tomato cage. Okay. <laughs> They're big tomato cages, so hopefully that'll work. I'm, I'm anxious to see how it turns out. Yeah, my experience is that you do, you do the, take the suckers off, I guess they yeah. call those. Um, and you can cut them off. And if you catch them just right, you can break them off. Mm-hmm. And that lasts until about July 4th. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And then, and then what happens? And then you lose track. It's just, they're just... Too much foliage. There's too many stems. There's just too much stuff. You just give up. Not me. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I'll, right. I'm going to come out and check on that. Okay, you do that. All right. 
Let's see, who's up next here? That would be uh, Carol out in Highlands Ranch. Good morning, Carol. Thanks for calling the Wise Guys. Good morning, Wise Guys. Nice to talk with you today. You too. I um, did not get out real early with my rose, rose bushes because I'm a wuss and I don't like to be out there in the cold. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm working on them now, and I'm finding that I have um, grass that is, a, is as tall as my tomato. I'm sorry. We're talking about tomatoes. As tall as my roses. Now, I can pull some of them, but I can't seem to get them all. Is there a product I can use that will kill the grass in, or in and around my rose bushes but not damage my rose bushes? Ooh, ooh, I know, I know. Call on me, call on me. Okay, okay, okay. Keith. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's two products out there that you can use. Uh, okay. if, if you just have a, a few places to deal with, uh, there's a, a ready-to-use product made by Ortho called Grass Be Gone. Okay. And it comes in a little trigger sprayer, and you just spray it on the grass. If you've got a lot, a, a large area to do, then the concentrate version of that is made by Fertilome, and it's called Over the Top. Okay. okay. Now, this now is... Product is only in a concentrate? Only in a concentrate, yes. In, a, in like an eight-ounce bottle, and you'll have to take out a second mortgage. And yeah. it's... Um, Maybe I'll go ortho. <laughs> over the top. Uh, yeah, the grass begun is the easiest to use. And okay. you let the grass grow. Uh, you want it to be a good eight or ten inches tall, preferably. Well, it's as tall as my rose bushes. Okay, it's good. Like good. And we have a nice warm day today, so this is even better. Yes. And you spray the you spray the grass, and it's okay if you get this magical product even on the rose leaves. It doesn't hurt the okay. roses. It only kills grass. Okay. okay. So that exactly. makes it wonderful for using in perennial beds and rose beds and that sort of thing to kill grasses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had no. It's growing up in the roses, and like I said, I hadn't been out there, and I didn't realize until I went out there last night and started. I was doing some. We've done some pruning in April, but it needs. It, we're, we're finding the dead stuff that we're taking out, and I found all these all this grass, and I'm just I've not ever dealt with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go get some of that. Um, the other question I have is this: Has this been a really rough year for roses? I lost five out of fifteen roses. It was a rough winter, yes, for a lot of plants, especially okay, last so fall. Last fall, we had that, that really nasty cold snap that took us down into single digits after we had a nice warm days, and most plants just weren't prepared for that. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm out there, and I'm just spotting these dead roses, and I'm, I, you know, I, they've been there a long time, so I was mm-hmm. surprised. Well, I hope, I hope that was a, a 100-year occurrence, <laughs> and it doesn't happen again for another 100 so. years. <laughs> Uh, you know, five new roses is not in my budget right now. I understand. <laughs> because I bought hydrangeas that you told me, and they're doing great. Good. I, I love the hydrangeas that are available now. They're really something. I seem to add a new variety or two every year. I'm going to run out of room. <laughs> okay. You, you did say that they grow, they bloom on old wood. No, they bloom on on new wood. On new wood, the the uh, paniculata types and the arborescence types, like the Annabelle and the PG types. Like, uh, well, what do you have? I don't know. I had a landscaper who put it in. Okay. He, uh, he didn't give me the card, and it, when he, it's been in there for three or four years now. In the first two years, it bloomed. I mean, blue, true blue, not oh, not, you know, true blue, and it was gorgeous. And didn't bloom last year. And then this year, the, the plant is looking pretty good. And I, I misunderstood, and I thought it grew or it bloomed on old wood. That and one does. That, what you've got is one called Endless Summer. Mm-hmm. And that particular group is a macrophylla type, and they do bloom best on old wood. So you want to do your best to mm-hmm. not, not prune last year's growth is, you know, yeah. any more than you have to. Well, my husband thought that, Oh, look at all this dead stuff. I'll just take this out for her. And he did. So he took all of the old wood out because we had about a foot of new growth. And so he took it out. Okay, well, the dead stuff is fine. Yeah, he did the right thing removing the dead branches. Well, I don't know if they were dead. It was just last year's plant. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it was dead or if it was just um, 
you know, term, you know, it just lost all the leaves from last year. I'm not sure, but I may or may not get bloomed then, is what you're telling well, me. Well, yeah, end of the summer is one of those things that they call a rebloomer. So it does bloom on new wood as well. It just takes longer. Okay, okay. all right. Well, I didn't get any blooms last year, but that that was not uncommon for last year. A lot of things didn't didn't get blooms yeah. last year. Okay. So, well, thank you for your call this morning. You have a great day. You too. All righty. Okay, bye-bye. I think we're way late for the top of the hour here. Do we have the top of the hour? Must be coming up here pretty soon. So uh, why don't we just... We're going to keep right on chatting here. No, we're going to get out of here and come back on Legends 810.